0: Welcome to the Cheshire Police Federation podcast in association with number one Copper Pot Credit Union. Hello there. Spring has made way for summer and we're back with the latest episode of the Cheshire Police Federation podcast. A place where we talk about what's on the minds of police officers and explain why that matters to them and to you. I'm your host Andrew Simpson and today we're talking money. Millions of public sector workers, among them police officers of course, will be given a pay rise, and the proposals include a recommendation for police officer pay to increase by 7% from September of this year for all ranks, up to and including Assistant Chief Constable and Commander. Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, has said already that she will accept in full the recommendation of the relevant pay review body. More on them later, but what to make of it? I'm joined by Branch Chairman Jamie Thompson to help me understand how his members are feeling After the announcement. Jamie, welcome back to the podcast. How are you
1: doing? I'm very good, thank you. How are you?
0: Really well. Good to have you back. Now listen, I know this is a subject that we do discuss fairly often, and this time last year we hoped a volatile economic climate. If you remember, we were talking about increases in household bills and energy prices are being at record highs. And we were hoping it was gonna be a little bit more settled 12 months on as we sit here now. However, financial hardship for everybody, including police officers, does endure and we're all continuing to be impacted as a result. So I'll ask you about the specifics of the pay award in a minute. But just because of that context I've given, how anticipated was this latest pay award? People were waiting to find out, weren't they?
1: They were. It was It was a, a, a huge thing for us. And... Um we know the 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 pay awards normally come out in July. It, the exact date is ne- never really known. So to to hear it last week, we we started to get sniffs of it on uh, on Wednesday, right? And obviously, we found out on Thursday that the uh, the award was going to be what it was.
0: Kick us off then by telling us what your per- initial personal reaction was when uh, when you heard it.
1: Um, I, I mean, figures have been bandied around for, for months now. We knew the the pay review body had been given an initial figure of three point five by the government. Obviously, as a federation, we, whilst we don't engage with the the pay review body for, for reasons which we have discussed before, and we'll probably discuss again, but um, we we presented an evidential-based um, paper uh, around how police pay was eroded by 17% of the past decade, and that's not taken into account current inflation. Um, so, we, we kind of broadly expected a minimum of 3.5 uh, upwards, really. Um, i never expected 17 percent um double figures would have been nice um but the feedback from the membership um has been that seven percent has been well received um regular listeners to the podcast will know there's always a but with me and we'll probably talk about the that in a moment but um i think that 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 figure that seven percent figure and what it actually means in pounds and pence at a time when people are struggling financially um it's it's a real boost to people's monthly wages.
0: My next question was going to be, how did reality match with with your expectation and you've you've answered that in part, so a a nice surprise in some ways.
1: Yeah, um, I I was kind of of the view that anything upwards of five would be, we we would probably be, our members certainly would be content with. Um, Like I say, on a personal level I would like to see us hit double figures um, or at least an inflation buster. Um, but I think there's there's two ways of looking at this, um, and, I, and I really don't want to come across as greedy um, because I know everybody's struggling at the moment, but from a pounds and pence point of view, um, an increase of 7% is massive. It makes a huge difference to people, um, and 7% sounds like a big number, um, but here comes the but. Um, inflation, well, just yesterday we hear inflation has dropped slightly, but it's still above 7%. Yeah. Um, and that's the context of this. It's not in, and it's not above in inflation. Therefore, it's still a
0: pay cut. I mean, uh, just to kind of building onto that question a little bit further, when you're making an assessment, both individually but also as a, as a branch, what are the different things you're weighing up when you decide whether it's a, a good offer or not? You touched on one there, like what the, what's the state of the broader economy. What other things do you take into account before deciding what your opinion is?
1: We, we have to be. We have, on one level, we have to be realistic that you know the, the the country is struggling economically and um, we we know we're not the only public sector who who is um struggling to be funded um we have to represent value to for for money to the taxpayer and we, we understand that, but I'm the chair of a federation I'm here to get the best possible for the for the police officers that are out there twenty four seven on on the front line um and and doing doing the job that they do and in cheshire doing it extremely well. Um, so, yeah, we do consider things like the current in- economic situation with, with the country, but let's be honest, they can find money for anything. Um, they choose not to find it for certain things, and for many a year they've chosen not to find it for policing.
0: okay now, a lot of the news coverage discusses the public sector's work as I even did it in my intro, like as a whole as, a, as a, these are all the people who work in the public sector to make the comparisons of uh, for pay reviews for nurses, for teachers, and of course police officers. How helpful really is that, though?
1: Not, not at all. It's it's like comparing apples and bananas. Um, it's uh, you, you just look as we sit here today, recording this. Um, senior do- doctors are out on a forty-eight hour strike yeah. because they can do that. They can withdraw their labour. Um, you know, we've discussed this topic many times on this podcast. That police officers can't. Police officers cannot withdraw their labour. They can't withhold their labour. They can't work the rule. The, the, the mere talking of it could be um, classed as um as, as disaffection yeah. which is a criminal offense for, for someone to, to cause disaffection within policing we have no leverage we have no ability to say we're not happy with that and and that's that that's kind of one of the reasons we struggle with the prrb because we have no grounds for collective bargaining um because they tell us what we're getting and
0: we get it and that's it um you touched on, on members uh, just a moment ago. I'll just, just kind of drill down a little bit further on that, if, if you don't mind. So um, give us a feel for kind of the general responses you've had so far, whether that's messages, people you've obviously met and, and spoken face-to-face. What's the mood in Cheshire? It,
1: do you know what? It's It's been positive. Um, I, th- I think that's reflective of... Um, of kind of the the years of being downtrodden, though, if I if I'm brutally honest, if if you if you spend ten years getting punched in the face, sometimes you are grateful for a kick in the stomach, <laughs> um, and and that that's what this feels like. People have been conditioned to to expect not one, two percent, and so to jump to seven percent on paper, people are, are are relatively happy about that, and what that means in financial terms as well for some people, it's the difference between genuinely putting food on the table or not putting food on the table putting fuel in the car or not putting fuel in the car paying mortgages i've had one individual say he can now pay his mortgage right okay uh, right. and and um people you know the struggle is real uh, as it is with a lot of people and so this is a massive boost to people it comes into to effect from the 1st of september which is again very different to other public sectors who are backdated to april but that's how police pay works it always has done um, but, you know, from the 1st of September, people will see a significant difference in their pay packet. Sure.
0: I'm going to play devil's advocate now. It doesn't necessarily reflect my view, but if the Federation said that 17% was kind of an aspirational figure and it was evidence-based as well from from kind of what's happened in uh, an extended period of time, and yet the award is 7%, there'll be people who say, well, the mile's off where you um, wanted to be, so how can you present this as a... as a a win or a success whichever word you you want to choose so it leads me to ask you kind of there is a balancing act in kind of striking the right tone for what your position both as a branch and as a national federation is isn't there
1: yeah and and that's one thing i'm very um, keen to stress i'm not i'm not claiming any any glory in this victory because um it could be argued that our withdrawal from the peer review body and and the, the the submission of evidence there that that May have had an impact, and and it is like it is reflected in their report. It may have had a positive impact in the fact that you know they've, they've listened to what we, what we're saying by us not saying anything at all. um But there is no negotiation on police pay. There is no table where where people sit round and discuss it. You know, it's slightly different in Scotland where there is, in in England and Wales there isn't. We we don't sit round the table and all have a cup of tea and a chat about it. So we 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 can't sit there and claim that we've done a great thing for our members because we haven't um however the years of campaigning the years of speaking to MPs the years of speaking to the public and explaining why we're not just being greedy why this is important to to us and, and what we do yeah that's where that's where we gain our, our wins that's where we gain our traction and we we must continue to do that because for me 2023 is done now in terms of pay awards, we've got to look forward to twenty twenty four because if we come to next July and get nothing, or very little, all all this seven percent is just undone. Okay. It's undone
0: overnight. Okay. We're going to revisit that in in, in part two in a second. Just sticking with members for a little longer. Um, now, those who, who listen to each episode of this podcast will remember at the turn of the year, uh, we dedicate an episode to the findings from the Police Federation of England and Wales pay and morale survey. They were they were published um, just after Christmas. Uh, and we discussed what those results told us and, and I'll include a link in the show notes to that, to the recording of that for listeners who missed that conversation but just to touch on a couple of things there were almost 500 responses from Cheshire Constabulary and, and 77% of those said they were dissatisfied or very dissatisfied with their pay when asked to complete that survey and a further 66% reported worrying about the state of their finances either every day or almost every day and that leads me to ask what do you anticipate the impact of this pay award would be on those numbers if I asked them them questions today? I,
1: I think it would have a, a positive impact on the numbers. Okay. I, th- I think people would feel more contented with, with um, what what they're about to bring home. Obviously, bear in mind, it doesn't come until September for us. Sure. Sure. Um, you, you know, pounds and pence-wise, this will make a significant difference to people in, in their in their pay packet, um, f- you know. And there's there's other things in the pay, pay review body which has been accepted, like the removal the removal of pay point zero, which is when people come in to start. So new recruits will come in on a better wage, which will make policing more attractive because people can leave jobs that they're currently in to, to come into policing. So we on paper, we should start attracting... Um, we should open policing up to, to a wider... Um, the wider public, now yeah. to, who are able to come in, um, so I do think it will have a po- positive impact. But um, this isn't a oh we've done it now and, and let's stop it. it. It'll continue if inflation goes through the roof over the next six months. It's a very different conversation because people will look at their bills, um, and this seven percent pay rise might not even scratch the surface.
0: Okay, um, now twelve months ago, just to make the comparison with last year, um, to remind listeners, police received a consolidated pay award of £1,900 applied to all ranks, I figure the Home Office said was equivalent to an average 5% increase overall, but it was targeted at those on the lowest pay, which you've you've just touched on. Feedback on that approach was mixed at the time, probably still is now. So do you think officers or, or or Federation members, they prefer a percentage rise like this latest recommendation over a flat pay one like last year?
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, a, a percentage rise keeps it clean for everybody. I mean, what what we saw last year with with the the, the one off kind of uh, increase in in the value of the salary, what that meant was yes, the the, the lowest paid received the bigger percentage increase, but it didn't reward our our um, officers of ranks or sergeant inspector, chief inspector um their their award was much much less. You know, it was it was worth less to them. So it almost brings the gap down a little bit between. And and let's be fair, our our supervisors within policing they carry a lot of responsibility on their shoulders there and and that pay should be sort of match that responsibility. So on a personal level I didn't like what happened last year. Um I appreciate where they came from um yes it was an average five percent um for myself as a as a constable it wasn't five percent it was less than that. Um, but I'm glad we got back to, let's keep it as the same across the board now.
0: Okay. Um, you, you touched on this earlier, and this is, has been widely reported, that the government had budgeted this time around for pay awards <laughs> worth around 3.5%. A fact actually acknowledged by the Home Secretary in her respo- response to the PRRB when she wrote that the recommendations, quote, significantly exceeded that department's presumption. Now, the Prime Minister has ruled out funding the increases through extra borrowing or increasing taxes, And that prompted Steve Hartson, who's the National Chair of the Police Federation of England and Wales, to warn against cutting essential services to free up the money to fund these pay rises. Um, How worrying a possibility is that? It it
1: is, um, but my members deserve to be paid. So I'm probably not going to get into worrying too much about where that money comes from. Um, we, We believe that Anything above two point seven percent will be budgeted by the government. That, okay. that that's the figure we, we 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 expect. The devil's in the detail, as it always is. Um, and and yes, the taxpayer will probably bear a little bit of the brunt of this. Um, but but we've had many p- sort of one percent, zero percent pay wards, and taxes still gone up, and council taxes still gone up. So I don't expect it to be significant. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and apologise for our members getting on the right track to getting paid what they're worth um, ultimately um, police officers should be paid more than they, they're getting paid now for the job they do um, if that means that money's got to come from elsewhere then so be it and, and I know that's not a very nice answer for, for people but it's the truth of the matter um, the government have uh, the, the pain of public services is an ethical choice for the government it's, it's a moral choice for them they can choose to do it um, you know and, and When MPs were getting peer review bodies giving them 11% here, 7% there, no-one was worrying about where that money was coming from. So let's not start getting teary-eyed about it now. Let's pay cops what they're worth, which is more than what they've got in this, but it's a start.
0: The Cheshire Police Federation's monthly podcast is sponsored by Number One Copper Pot Credit Union, a not-for-profit organisation that offers financial services exclusively to the police family. It's free to join and provides access to savings loans and mortgages, all directly from your payroll, making it easier to manage your money. Lots of members use Number One Copper Pot to save for events such as Christmas or holidays or simply to build a rainy day savings fund. To find out more or to apply to join, visit number numberonecopperpot.com. Now, we've talked in previous episodes about the financial difficulties and we've done in part one today, of course, faced by police officers, whether that's meeting mortgage payments, which you, you touched on, having to use food banks in some instances, or perhaps working overtime to earn extra cash, um, just to set the scene for part two. You did touch on this earlier, but, but uh, do you anticipate members will continue to feel the impact of what's happening in the broader economy, whether that's energy and fuel prices or pressure from elsewhere on their pockets? That hasn't gone away, has it?
1: No, and and you know, and
0: uh, the,
1: let's be honest, this is still below inflation pay ward. It's it's pay cut. Um. And I can I can feel listeners rolling their eyes at me already because you know seven percent is a big number, but inflation as we sit here today is seven point nine percent. So what's the difference between that and when we got one percent and inflation was at two percent? There there is no difference. Um, so yeah, people are still going to feel the pinch. What it means is they, they they won't feel the pinch as hard as they, they have been doing. Um, you know, and let's not forget that um, the police pay into their their pensions. The, there is no whilst it's a very good pension scheme there is a contribution um around about 12 and a half percent of your wages go into that so that's lost already from it so there's, there's other factors at play here and, and it will push some of our members and and again i'm not looking for the sympathy vote on this but it will push some of our members into high tax bands okay. um, particularly around working overtime so people will have to be careful and, and just manage that and we're already thinking about tax specialists and self-assessments because some people who've never been used to that will get pushed that because the tax brackets haven't changed
0: okay now um i just want to dedicate a few minutes to explaining how we arrive at a pay recommendation we've, we've mentioned the acronym prrb in part one and people who haven't listened to previous episodes so just a whistle stop tour if you like for the next couple of minutes of how we get to where we are and why we're having conversations like this so for those that don't know the police remuneration review body easy for me to say or prrb for short consists of economists experts in human resources Usually people with experience of working in both the public and the private sector who are appointed by a government department, in the case of policing, the home office, and they're tasked with providing advice on paying conditions for police officers. They consider written evidence, they conduct some of their own evidence gathering too in the form of meetings with officers and maybe their line managers, and all that information informs an annual report that sets out what it believes to be a fair offer for the following year's pay round. Its recommendations are not legally binding, meaning the government can reject and sometimes even ignore the advice. Now, crucially then, this is where I want to bring Jamie back in. The Home Secretary writes a letter to the PRRB every year outlining its remit. Why is that detail important?
1: Um, Because it's then not independent um it's it's acting on behalf of the the home secretary in the home office and and that's one of the things we struggle with um you know you 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 set the the home secretary setting the homework
0: yeah absolutely and and in the summer of 2021 again for people who are, are listening to some of this debate for the first time the police federation of england and wales decided to end its engagement with the PRRB process after the latter said their recommendation recommendation for a pay rise was out of its remit. And just as a reminder to listeners, the then-Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, remember him? wonder what happened to him? Had announced as part of the spending review late in 2020 that there would be a public sector pay rise. So, in fact, he wrote a remit letter saying there is no money for, for a pay rise. Um, can you summarise briefly, because we, we have done episodes on this, but why the Federal, National Federation made the choice it did back then?
1: It, it was that it was that lack of independence and the lack of any um, binding um, uh band arbitration on the government from from the results of it it almost felt like what is the point what is the point of of playing the game when the dice are loaded like that um we we are wasting our time here um there are no negotiating rights with the prrb we, we don't sit around the table and, and and discuss pay awards we submit evidence or, or we used to submit evidence yeah. and it gets considered but if 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 the level's already been set well, the, the what, why are people wasting time and money on, on doing that and and nothing has changed I mean, you know perversely we've done better out the PRRB since we haven't submitted evidence than we ever did when we were when we were submitting evidence I'd like to think that's because that the withdrawal of the federation sends a loud and strong message um but it might be just that we were terrible at putting putting evidence forward but um I, I think you know we, we we talk about nationally we talk a lot about whether we return to providing evidence but for me until until the process changes and we get some form of collective bargaining where we can sit around the table and and have a proper negotiation, then it does feel slightly pointless.
0: I mean, I don't want to lay this point because you have touched on it in this episode, but I see a lot of comments online criticising the federation at national level for for not being at this metaphorical table. But it it is worth reinforcing that it isn't a two-way conversation Everybody who still is involved in the process, they submit this written evidence, which is then assessed. There isn't a two-way exchange here.
1: No, there's not. There there is no table. Um, There you go. And and even if there was, if there's no food on the table, what's the point of sitting down?
0: Fair enough. Um, Now, in in a chapter of its report titled Forward Look, and, and I've read this, the PRB has actually said not receiving evidence from the Federation has made its task considering the key issues more complex that's the word that that they use he said it left a gap in their knowledge when it came to understanding the financial stress endured by federation members and and the police officers more generally um what's the likelihood of the federation's chance stance sorry on the PRRB changing in time for the next pay review
1: um i don't think there's any appetite from civil servants to change PRRBs um i think that um it going back to negotiation tables and, and, and police negotiating boards is a, is a lot of work for civil servants at the moment they have a a, a body that they control which they do, they control it, they, they, they set the agenda, um, who do all the work for them um, and then they can choose to accept that work or not accept that work um, so I, I don't think there's any, any desire from government departments to change that approach, um, it is a consistent approach amongst most public sectors sure. now um, so we, you know, we can't argue that we're, we're not being treated as others are. But then again, we have no ability to um, withdraw our, our labour or withdraw our our, our work. Um, so where others do, you know, I, I, we we heard about um, nurses voting to whether accept accept the the recommendations of the PRRB. We we can't do that because where do we go after that if we don't accept it?
0: Uh, It's almost as if we planned this, because now we're going to pivot and and talk a little bit about that. Um, Just again, to to set the scene, so in his response to to the pay award, Steve Hartson, who we mentioned earlier, he's the Police Federation's National Chair, said that he intends to continue pushing instead for the introduction of what he describes, and this is a quote, an independent mechanism and negotiation process that allows the Federation to sit down with government representatives and employers to negotiate pay settlements, end quote. So that presents an opportunity for us to discuss... A development last month june that is directly related to the to the issues we've discussed so far so at its natu- national council the police federation of england and wales voted to ballot its members on whether it should pursue some of the industrial rights you've just mentioned on its members behalf um just set the scene for us what happened in that meeting give us a flavor of of what people were saying and the mood
1: yeah it's, it's been it's something that's been discussed for some time and and um it's the, the issue has never really gone away it's it's not lost on our members that we have no um leverage when it comes to our, our and conditions um we have absolutely no industrial rights uh, due, due to the law that the, the police act of, of 1919 um but that act. Oh, always talked about how we were to be treated as a special case yeah because we're not employees we're, we're, we're servants of the crown um and over the past decade if not a little bit longer we haven't been treated like that we've been treated as employees we've been treated as just another arm of the public sector um but one without any leverage without any rights so members have been getting louder and louder about this particularly when the pay awards have been as bad as they have been yeah uh, or non-existent um for me, the, the, the matter needs to be dealt with. Um, we need to be very, very clear about what we're asking for. Um, are we asking for a right to strike? Okay. Um, I would suggest not from what the membership have been telling me. Some, some police officers do want to go down that route, but the vast majority say, no, that's not what we're asking for. We're just asking for an ability to have some leverage to say, if you don't treat us as the special case that we are, then... We can do this, okay? Because at the moment we can't, and it's actually unlawful to to do some of the things we talked about. Now that that topic has been um, broached before by the federation, um, but it hasn't really been put to bed. So what we asked at the at the national council meeting was, let's ask the membership. Okay, this this is a bottom up organisation mm-hmm. where we respond to 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 what the membership want us to do, and we shouldn't fear the direction that that takes us in. So let's do some proper work, some proper educational work around what is it we're asking for, what is it we're likely to 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 be able to achieve. Bearing in mind we've seen other other countries and um, police forces go down a similar path and where that's ended up, so we can learn from some of those things. Um, what is it we're, we're likely to come out with? How long will it take, and how much will it cost? So all those things we need we need to to cover, but we do need to to. Ask the membership and let the membership dictate which way this goes, and whichever way this goes, we follow that path and we see where it leads us. But just to just to say a blanket, no, we're not going to do that because it's too hard or we'll never get it. That's for me, that's not acceptable. Okay. We need to explore these things, and it might be that we get to the end of this journey, and it, it could be that our membership decides that they don't want to go down that route. And, and this is probably one of the most polar Things that I've ever discussed with with the membership, I, I'll go into into police stations and I'll have some people absolutely banging the table. We need to, we need the ability to, to withdraw withdraw labour. We need the ability to go on strike. And I've got equally as passionate members on the other side saying, "I didn't join the police for that. I, I, you know, this, this is a public service like no other. So it is really really okay po- polar opposites uh, 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 as to as to where members sit. But we we work on a majority.
0: Does it does it feel? Like a significant moment, and what I mean by that is the debate's not new, but it's kind of in this cumulative effect that we've discussed on this podcast about you know year on year, kind of some of this feeling has kind of been fueled by, by what's happened and how the, the police community feels it's been treated. So you kind of cross the threshold of debate for it to be something a little bit more serious than that by asking people, okay, you know. What do you
1: think about this? Does, does it feel quite a significant moment? It here? does. It, it, it feels... I mean, I, I genuinely don't know which way it'll go. Um, you know, there's, there is a significant amount of work to be done before we even get re- get ready for a vote. And there's so many external factors that could change people's opinion, like a decent pay award, like a change in, in rhetoric from from the, the, the government um, and, and a change in communication style. Uh, the media perhaps starting to get behind us a little bit more. You know, if there's a good feeling about policing, police officers won't want to go down this route. Okay. But the current climate and the and the way we've been treated by by the government, the way we've been treated by some some arms of the media, um and the things that have been said about policing, um it, there's this real black cloud hanging over policing at the moment and and we we will respond to to that. Now, I mean, I have I have my own personal feelings about where things are, but it's not down to me, it's not up to sure. me. And I don't I don't want to influence other people. I want them to read the evidence. Read the information and make an informed choice, and then tell us what you want us to do. To do, um, it's say there's a, there's a long road ahead of us, but it's absolutely vital that we listen to the membership, and if that means we get some leverage out of it, um, then then great. It feels like we've spent the last decade being kicked, and we now starting to get on our knees a little bit, and stand up again. Um, and it's the start of that journey. We need to carry that momentum forward as well.
0: How important is that? education part of it and what I mean by that is giving members that full understanding of what the potential consequences of this could be but doing that in a way that isn't trying to kind of sway the vote i mean i'm thinking of like brexit is a really good example of this of people being asked to vote on something that they weren't in possession of all the information of what the consequences are going to be i'm not comparing policing to brexit by the way just for, for anyone shouting at me <laughs> what i'm saying is how important is this education bit as part of this
1: yeah i mean i don't think i'll be hiring a double decker bus to drive on the <laughs> police stations with particular enough, way. but, it, but it's, it, it's huge because if this landed if this um, if this was achieved, police regulations would be ripped up, and we'd become employees essentially. That that's that's the upshot of it. Now that brings as many negatives as it does positives, because police regulations um, are are quite helpful for our membership at times. It offers some some protections of there. Whilst it's a very old piece of legislation, that there's still things in there that are um, very relevant today. So that that's one of the factors in that that there's as many negatives to this for individual officers as there are positives and it's hugely important we identify what those would be and it's hugely important we identify what is it exactly we are asking for if that question is would you want us to seek a right to strike that's a very different question to would you like us to seek some form of industrial rights for leverage and ultimately we we need to understand what is the end game of all this what we're trying to achieve well we go back to the very start of this conversation about PRRBs we're trying to achieve uh, a place where we can have collective bargaining and negotiation around our pain conditions. Give us that. Give us that without, without a fight, and, and a lot of these issues will go away overnight. Okay.
0: Um, I mean, you ask members to engage on f- lots of different things all of the time, you know, pay morale surveys, all these different things that um, they can do to kind of let the branch and also the National Federation know how they're feeling. But on this particular issue, how important is it for members to engage on this? Huge, and and, and this is our job as a local branch to make sure that we do.
1: You know, um, you, you talk about surveys, and and uh, you know, if I if I run a survey, I am high fiving myself if I get above a twenty percent response rate. Okay, because people are people are busy, people are disengaged. Let's be honest; some people don't want to speak to the federation. I, I, I get it. Fine. But on this, this needs to be done properly. We need to be aiming for 100% engagement from all our memberships over this, all our membership over this, because the issue is so important. We've got to get this right. We've got to land this properly. And if it puts the it puts the issue to bed and and the membership decide as a majority that we don't go down that route, at least we've done it properly, and, and okay. we can say we've given it as best shot as we can.
0: Last question on this: So, what is now going to happen next? There's there's kind of this, uh, you know, we've had the initial announcement. There's going to be. Uh, a ballot about this, um, what's going to happen now?
1: Um, uh, well preparation is underway for um, these education pieces okay. it, that's happening at a national level, we will locally We'll keep the pressure on the national to get this done, um, like you say, I say I'm not going to influence which way this goes, but it's really, really important we get that education piece done in a timely manner um, and then the voting mechanism is done properly, so locally we're just making sure that we understand our membership here. We understand where everyone is. We understand what that looks like in case we need to go to a paper vote. We need to have a, a Brexit type vote where we have ballot boxes. So we'll, we'll be doing things like that, but it it it, it, it will happen.
0: Okay. Uh, watch this space. Yep. That feels like a perfect place to draw this episode to a close. Thanks to Jamie Thompson, the Cheshire Police Federation branch chairman for sharing his insight. Before we go, um, you want to make a plug?
1: I do want to make a plug. Um, they say imitation is the best form of flattery, and we have, a, we have a competitor in the Police Federation podcast market. Um, so, the, the National Federation have launched their own podcast now. Uh, they're one episode in, um, and obviously, in the interest of us being supportive of, of that, and, and people can maybe compare as well, um, then, you know, if people want to give it a listen, they can, they can find it. It's, it. The podcast is, is simply called Police. Um, and it's the podcast from the Police Federation of England and Wales. Uh, it's on Spotify, or a link can be found on the National Federation website.
0: And they dedicated the first edition to the recent Police bravery awards. They
1: did dedicate the first. It was something we again did last year. Um, so leading the way here in Cheshire once again. But uh, but yeah, if people want to give that a listen as well, um, they, they can do through through
0: there, and they they will discuss. I would assume more national issues as well. I'll finish with a request, if you don't mind. To guarantee you don't miss an episode of the Cheshire Police Federation podcast, be sure to subscribe. It's free, easy to do. Simply select the relevant option presented by your favourite podcast provider. That way, you don't need to remember to search for us or make a note to check whether the next edition has been published. You can also contact the Cheshire Police Federation through its website, which you'll find at cheshirepolfed.org.uk. That's cheshirepolfed, all one word.org uk there you'll find news about his latest work details of member services and information about the group insurance policy should you wish you can also listen to previous episodes of this podcast there too and i'll recommend some editions that you might enjoy in the show notes until next time it's goodbye from me